According to John, the eighth chapter, Jesus said to the Judeans who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. When I was growing up, my dad so tried to get me into sports. Well, let's just say I don't have a tab in my binder of awesome accomplishments for that. <laughs> but one piece of sports wisdom that he shared that did stick with me, root for your team, not against the other team. It's good sportsmanship, right? And that strikes me as sound advice for us today as we commemorate Reformation Sunday. Now, 502 years since the day that young Augustinian monk Martin Luther posted his famous 95 theses on the door of Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany, and set into motion what we now know is the Protestant Reformation. And little did young Martin realize that his simple list-making and journaling would eventually splinter the Christian church into as many different denominations and factions as we care to remember. And then for us ELCA Lutherans, as we belt out a mighty fortress loud enough to be heard across Waukesha County this morning, this day seems to become not so much about who we are, but who we are not. Which is why I have renamed this day Lutheran Superiority Complex Day. A day when it seems like we root for our team so loudly and proudly that it can feel like we're rooting against everyone else. Now, when I preached on these Reformation texts in my preaching class in seminary and suggested such an interpretation, it marked the first and only time that I had ever been called into a professor's office for a little chat. Now, in fairness to her, I think she wanted to be sure that I understood the significance of our Lutheran theological heritage. But I'm not convinced that those two things have to be mutually exclusive. And in fact, I suspect that calling out our own superiority complex that this day can so easily become is actually more in keeping with the spirit of the Reformation. Right? Because in the face of an institutional church that claimed to have all the answers and all the control, Luther dared to ask questions. And now half a millennium later, to suggest that we of all denominations have managed to get it right and have all the right answers? End of discussion? Well, that just feels out of step with our reformers' approach. At best, it strikes me as awfully presumptuous to think that we have all the right answers, and at worst, it feels downright blasphemous. All right, 
end of soapbox. We'll actually dive into the Bible now. During the time when Jeremiah prophesied to God's people, things were a little chaotic. The people had been conquered by a foreign empire, and their two most precious national institutions, the temple in Jerusalem and the monarchy in the royal, divinely established line of King David, had been destroyed. The places where they had presumed to expect God's presence and God's promise were gone. They thought they had it all figured out. End of discussion. Until they didn't. And so to this audience, Jeremiah preaches a new covenant, a new promise, a new hope for the future. Now, if ever God shows up with a word of promise where we least expect it in the Bible, it's here. In these few central chapters in the book of Jeremiah, in the midst of so much destruction and hopelessness, we find these verses often called by biblical scholars the book of consolation. This is a reminder of God's faithfulness, even despite the people's faithlessness. A reminder of God's yearning and deep desire to forgive, despite the people's miserable track record. A reminder of the surprising ways that God still shows up, even outside of the places that we've come to presume could somehow contain God. And now, so many years later, it doesn't feel like so much has changed, because so often... Even we try to confine God to neat boundaries in an attempt to understand or even control what we ultimately can't understand or control, right? And of course, God breaks through all of those attempts, and Jeremiah shows us this God unleashed, this God unbound. God cannot and will not be bound by an ancient temple or monarchy, just as God cannot and will not be bound by any one tradition or theology, even ELCA Lutheran theology, because God is so much bigger than that. And this God who cannot be bound also unbinds us. We hear Jesus in our gospel today. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And then the almost immediate response, but we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Now, either the people are experiencing a case of temporary amnesia, or they are flat-out lying, because you go back a several pages in Scripture, and you have the foundational story to their identity in Exodus a literal liberation from literal slavery. Now, whatever the reason for their forgetfulness, Jesus is quick to seize this opportunity to remind them and us of the ways that we are bound to sin. And now that's a loaded word, right, in our context. Sin is a word that has been used and abused in Christian churches but sin is really just the ways that we abandon a relationship with God and abandon a relationship with those that we're meant to live in community with, becoming distant and self-absorbed, caught up in our own stuff and isolated. 
and yet in our boundness. Jesus calls to us with that word of freedom. And there's another loaded word, right? Especially in our U.S. American context where we hear freedom and we hear fireworks and the 4th of July and Independence Day parades. But that's not the kind of freedom. Independence is not the kind of freedom Jesus is talking about. The kind of freedom that Jesus calls us to is relational. The freedom that Jesus is talking about draws us back into relationship. Relationship with God and with God's people, our siblings in faith. Speaking of freedom, Luther hit the nail on the head. Really? Okay, no one has laughed at that so far. I had to point it out at 8.30, 5 o'clock just fell flat. Luther hit the nail on the head in his 1520 essay, The Freedom of a Christian, where he talks about not only being freed from our sin and brokenness, but also what it means to be freed for to be freed for something bigger. Being made free calls us outside of ourselves, Luther would say, outside of our own self-centered interests to love and serve all people as indeed Christ has done for us. And so being unbound, perhaps ironically, being unbound from sin binds us together in community. So what holds us back? What keeps us from experiencing that kind of liberating, relational freedom that Christ offers? What are we yearning to be freed from? Our own anxieties and worries that come to us daily, peer pressure and others' expectations of us to perform in certain ways, or addiction to substances or habits, self-preservation, survival as a congregation, or fear of change? What if we were freed from those things? What would that feel like to live that way? What courage and boldness could that kind of freedom call us to as a church? In the midst of sin, and the ways that we are curved in on ourselves, Jesus calls us to freedom, to stand upright, to see our fellow siblings in Christ, to be made whole in community again. And this is not just some hypothetical freedom. This is a wide-open invitation to the abundant life of abiding in Jesus, of abiding in relationship with Jesus, who draws all people to himself, and who shows us what it means to live a life for others, to live a life in community. That kind of freedom then means that it's decisively not about us, not about our own efforts, not about having all the answers or the right theology or belonging to the right church. No. Far from a Lutheran superiority complex, this day calls us outside of ourselves, into wider relationship with all God's people as we strive for the freedom and the liberation of all creation, pointing us to a God who is still reforming us, a God who daily makes us free indeed.
Amen.